just suggested or, um, or, or others, that we'll, we'll just uh, hit these topics and a ways to, hopefully some ways to bring us together and bring us deeper into God's kingdom. And so we're going to talk about why we sing. And uh, the question is, singing doesn't matter, does it? And I remember I've been asked that question before. If we, we could just leave that out, couldn't we? Or we could do something different? Or you know, those kind of questions come up some, sometimes. But before we talk about that, I'm going to tell you a story about something that happens at my house. Hey, outside of our kitchen window, uh, when we moved in, uh, Sylvie asked me if I would put a post in the ground. So I put a post out there. And hanging from that post is a bird feeder. It's about this long, about this big around. And those birds will clean out that bird feeder. It takes them about a day and a half to two days. And those birds just absolutely clean things out. And there's been a lot of excitement that we've been able to to see. Uh, I've learned some the names of a few different birds that have come out there, and they land. I'll take a picture of it, and then I'll post it on some one of the Facebook pages of Montanica, and people will tell me what kind of bird it is. And there's some amazing, phenomenal, beautiful birds that land that we get to watch. And sometimes there's battles that happen out there. There's big gangs of birds will come in and try to run the rest of the birds off. Or there's some uh, trash birds that are invasive species that come and land there sometimes and try to run all the songbirds off. And one of those met a very violent end once uh, because this song, uh, this trash bird kept coming and kept irritating the rest of the birds and kept chasing it off. And Sylvia got a hold of the pellet gun and... Uh, it flew out. I was not there, but Luke saw it happen. We have a witness that this bird was pestering the rest of the birds, and Sylvia made a shot about 45 yards with a pellet gun, and this thing does not bother the rest of the birds anymore. You know, it was an invasive species bird, whatever. Anyway, I can tell you more about that, but don't mess with Sylvia. You know, there's, there's bad stuff happens there. Okay. But I remember, I can't remember how many times I wake up and I fix some breakfast, I make some coffee, and I go and I sit, and I watch these birds out on the, uh, the feeder. And they're there every morning, uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, they're always there. And they come and they eat, and uh, they're, except when they haven't been fed for a few days, and there's been a few times where those birds will land on the window, look inside, and fluff up and chirp like they're mad, like, come on, give me some food here. But most of the time, almost all the time, what I see is those birds that are out there. They are eating and they're chirping. And during the summertime, it's wonderful because we leave the window open. You can hear these birds singing. And it's beautiful to listen to them. And birds can't smile, right? They've got a a beak, and so they're not capable of doing that. But somehow, we know when we watch birds and they chirp and they sing these songbirds, we can tell that they're happy, can't we? There's some birds that never look happy, right? But songbirds do. And you can hear from the song that they sing and what's coming out of their vocal cords, that, man, this is beautiful, man, this is amazing. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have bird feeders at home and you've seen this, okay? Isn't it amazing to see those birds chirp and just share that joy? And, and it got me thinking, is... When those birds sing together, you see all that joy that it brings them, all the, the, just all the happiness that just flows out of them. 
Maybe there's something to all of that. And I looked on the online to see if there was some good scientific discussion on the benefits of singing. This is what I came up with from a website called healthline.com. And for every one of these, there were ten reasons why singing is valuable. And it's not from a spiritual perspective at all. But these ten reasons, every one of them, there was a scientific study that was cited that indicated this. So first of all, singing is something that can relieve stress. And, and by the way, all of these studies were done in the context of people singing as a group in a context where it was, it was not a performance, it was just people singing for fun. Okay? So there was no judgment, there was nothing like that. It was just, hey, let's get together and sing and just see what happens. First of all, one of the things that came up is stress for people who were singing in groups went down. There's something about singing that creates a raises some some hormones and drops some others. And the study you can go to healthline.com and look at it. It helps us relieve stress. It also stimulates our immune response. And so those antibodies and that we have in our body that help fight cancer and fight off diseases, when we sing in groups, what happens is our body elevates those levels. It helps keeps us keep us healthy. Physically, it increases our pain threshold. Kind of like when, um, as runners learn to raise their pain threshold because they hit the second wind and those endorphins come, singing does the same sort of thing for us. It helps raise our pain threshold so we can handle pain more. Uh, it, it may improve snoring. Now, this does not mean that it makes you a better snorer, okay? What this means is people who sing on a regular basis tend to snore less because what happens is lung function is improved, those muscles inside of us that you can't work out on a weight machine, they get exercise and it helps us sleep better, helps us breathe better, it helps us snore less. That's a lot of scientific studies go into that. In addition, singing helps develop a sense of belonging and connection. And when a group of people get together and they sing and they're excited to be there, it's like with athletic teams that play together. You develop this band of sisters that, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to rock it. This is going to be awesome. And here we go. And boom, look at all the good stuff that comes out of it. It develops a sense of belonging, connection, or maybe what we call community. It builds that. Uh, singing also enhances memory and people with dementia. I remember there was a lady that uh, we would go visit when I was a young man and living in Rome, Italy. There's a lady in the church that had uh, very advanced stages of dementia. And what was amazing, every time we went to visit her, we would sit down at the table and she would share songs that she knew. And then she would recite a psalm, and some of them were long, and she would recite it from memory. And then she would want to sing the same song again. And then she would recite the same psalm from memory. And so she would have a repertoire of various psalms. And when we go over, they were different psalms, but she would repeat them. Because something deep down inside of her, she couldn't remember how to converse. That part of her was gone. But what she could do is she could sing hymns to God and she could quote psalms. And that's about all that she could do. And I remember thinking, wow, what a gift that this lady has been left with towards the end of life for her and for the rest of us. The things that she remembers are the scriptures and the songs that she memorized as a young person. Beautiful. It helped um, 
with her own memory in her times of dementia. It helps with grief. Uh, oftentimes people who are dealing with loss or have a high amount of grief, singing in a group helps mitigate that. It helps make things better. It improves our mental health and mood. Those those parts of us, those endorphins that make our moods go up and down and left and right and then sometimes get out of balance, singing helps moderate that and helps balance things out. And it helps improve our speaking ability. How often... People, there was a a gentleman that lived in Great Falls for a number of years. He was in the military. And when you would talk to him, he he stuttered. He'd been that way since uh, it was something that he was born with. And he he was an officer in the military, very successful. But he would lead songs, and when he'd lead songs, that didn't happen. He would sing, had this beautiful voice, and he became part of this rotation of song leaders, and he shared that singing helped him and being able to communicate more clearly. Uh, Just beautiful, uh, beautiful examples there. So if we stopped right now and said, here's some reasons for us to sing, hopefully, without going any further, we would say, oh, yeah, we need to sing. This is important. There's some great stuff that happens when we as a church sing together, right? Look at all this scientific evidence. But we're going to take another step, and we're going to talk, the spiritual, talk about the spiritual aspects of it. So Scripture talks a lot about singing. There's lots of examples of singing. There's singing in the Old Testament. There's singing in the New Testament. There's singing in various types of contexts. And we're just going to look at a few here. Now, this is one that comes from Psalm 59. And if you turn to Psalm 59, I want to show you something. Psalm 59. As it tells the context of when David wrote this psalm, It says, for the director of music to the tune of Do Not Destroy of David. And the context is when Saul had sent men to watch David's house in order to kill him. Man, doesn't that sound like a great time to sing? (laughs) Hey, uh, my my king and and mentor in some ways is sending people over to my house to to watch it and kill kill me, so maybe I'll... I'll write a song about this. I'll, I'll sing. And it starts off with David talking about that uh, people just are trying to destroy him, trying to take away his, his life. Look at verse 14. It says, They returned at evening, snarling like dogs, and prowl about the city. They wander about for food and howl if not satisfied. But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God, on whom I can rely. And I put the last part of that scripture up there. But my guess is that with David, when he was in this situation, that he's thinking, oh, man, this is probably the last time that I'd like to sing. (laughs) This is the time to run. I want to sing right now because... I don't know how long I'm going to be around. Saul's trying to execute me. This isn't a time that I'm... But maybe David understood something very important. Is maybe the times where we don't feel like singing are the most important times for us to sing. And David sat down, wrote this psalm, and sang it because he said, I will sing of your strength. In the morning, when things look better, I'm going to sing of your love, for you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. God, (laughs) you are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. I'm going to sing that because I need to. 
I don't feel it. But I need to cry out to God, and I'm going to do it through song. My sneaking suspicion is, when David wrote this, it calmed his soul and calmed his spirit and kept him going another day. Something beautiful must have happened when he cried out to God in song this way. We skip to the New Testament, there's a, and there's a bunch more. In the Psalms and the Old Testament, discussions of singing God and why it's important and what comes out of it. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures in Ephesians and Colossians that talk about singing. And these scriptures are scriptures that, if you'll note, oftentimes we talk about them in the context of assembly, which, which is fine. But their context is walking side by side in everyday life. Okay, that's important to remember here. And the first one from Ephesians, I'll go ahead and start reading. It says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And debauchery means lack of moral restraint. In other words, doing whatever I feel like instead of doing what's right. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. So we get a choice what we're going to fill ourselves up with. It says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians says something very similar. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see what comes up in both of those passages there? is that we've got to fill ourselves with something. And we can fill ourselves with, it talks about excess of alcohol that causes drunkenness. We can fill ourselves with, I want to do this, and I'm going to do this no matter what anybody says. And we uh, bring destruction into our own lives uh, through sinful behavior. We can fill ourselves with bitterness. Have you ever done that? It's not fun. Filling ourselves with bitterness that all we can see is negative and hatred just pours out. Uh, we can fill ourselves with all sorts of, of drama. You read Ephesians and Colossians, there's all sorts of, hey, cool it, this is how you're supposed to live, all those sort of things. But you see in Paul, both of these letters, he says, here's something that you can fill yourself with, and here's how. You need to fill yourself with the Spirit. And you can do that by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And by doing so, you teach something powerful to one another. You notice it mentions in there thankfulness, peace, gratitude, all of those things come pouring out of us. Something I've noticed about myself, and I'll, I'll talk about uh, some practical applications of this here in a bit too, but when I am singing, when I'm by myself and I'm singing some sort of hymns to God, my mood is a lot different than if I'm not because there's something about it that, like all the scientific evidence suggests, on a spiritual level, heals my soul too. And I encourage you to do that. I have a friend who uh, I, I've learned a lot from, and I uh, just admire him uh, tremendously. And he was part of the church in Great Falls, and uh, he has a ton of spiritual fruit that uh, God has produced in his life and throughout his life. And um, something I... I remember I heard him say once, and I enjoy, I, I got a kick out of it. Uh, but he, uh, uh, there's a, some of us can't carry a tune in a bucket, as it is, is said, and he really can't carry a tune in a bucket. I've sat in front of him before, and I thought, oh man, 
He's making a joyful noise to the Lord somewhere there. You know, that kind of thing. And I could say that to him, and we'd joke around about it, and that he just he didn't have it. Nothing. And uh, sometimes he would say, the only reason I sing is because God commanded me to. Otherwise, I would never sing again in my life. You know, it was something that maybe it wasn't his favorite thing. Maybe it wasn't something that, uh, that changed his heart as much as other things. But I remember at times watching and as the congregation would sing, I'd see a smile on his face. And something was happening there. And he knew it, and you know, he joked about it. But something powerful was going on there, even if he felt like he didn't have a whole lot to be able to share there. Now, I don't think that's true, and we'll talk about that. So I'll you one more scripture from James chapter 5. And uh, I like this bird right here. Now, this is good, right? How many of you feel like that when you sing sometimes? Yeah. Okay. And James says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. So singing to God is a response of happiness, a response of being excited about being in God's presence. That can pour out of us. There's really good fruit that comes from that. James instructs us in that way. So let me share a few things that, that jump out to me here as far as uh, things that are important for us to, to consider when we sing, is, first of all, there's an image in Revelation that is really beautiful. And it's using the imagery from the Old Testament where the Israelites would come and they would come into the temple of the tabernacle and they would make incense offerings. And these incense offerings, as Scripture said, are a pleasing aroma to God. So the incense would be burned in the altar there and it would be taken up and would be a pleasing aroma to God. God appreciated that the Israelites were making this offering of, of incense to Him. Um, it was done in goodwill. That's what the, the idea was. And Revelation shares in imagery that there's God in heaven with all of these powerful spiritual beings there. And it says the prayers of God's people on earth come up before him into his throne room as an offering of incense. They're a wonderful fragrance to God. And that has helped me think about what happens when I pray. It's not just a, a me praying to God, giving me a list of this is what I want, this is what I want, this is what I want. But it is an offering of God that I give to him out of our relationship. And it goes into his very presence, into his very throne room into heaven. Man, that changes things, doesn't it? And I don't think it's a stretch to say that when we sing, and we sing as individuals or we sing together, that our songs can be an offering that is given to God that goes right into his throne room. I think about offerings and, and what they mean and, and, uh, and the value of them. One of the great lessons we learn about the, what we bring to God and why it matters is way back in the beginning of Genesis. How many of you remember the story of Cain and Abel? Yeah. So apparently God had told them to bring sacrifices to him. So what happens is these are sons of um, Adam and Eve, and they bring sacrifices. And it says that Abel is a shepherd, so he brings the fat of the firstborn, the best of the best. He brings what is the, 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 sweet, the most wonderful part, and he offers that to God. And Cain was a farmer, and Cain, it says, brought some 
of his offering, or some of his, his, uh, his produce, and he gave it to God. And it says that God looked favorably on Abel's sacrifice and not favorably on Cain's sacrifice. And Cain, it ends badly, and Cain shows his heart because instead of repenting and bringing the best of his fruit and vegetables and whatever he, he uh, produced, he decides, oh, instead of doing that, I'm just going to kill my brother, and he does. And it's this disaster, and there's a lot of uh, grief that, that uh, for, for generations afterwards is caused because of that. But it, it makes me think, is the offerings that we give to God matter and where is our heart at in what we're bringing to God? Are we bringing just something to God? Or are we bringing our very best when we offer up our prayers or our, our singing to God? And that causes me to think is that as someone who is part of the community here, what am I giving you know, when, I, when I sing to God? We'll come back to that here in just a second. There is some, uh, sometimes the discussion comes up, uh, what type of songs are our preference, or what type of things, uh, what type do we like most? And uh, just as a side note, tonight uh, we'll have a fifth Sunday singing. We're gonna tonight we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna be in the fellowship hall. We're gonna put chairs around and we're just gonna sing campfire style. And uh, there's a uh, so that's the format that's gonna be there tonight. And uh, everybody's welcome. But when we talk about uh, okay, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a poll here. Okay, I want you to close your eyes. No cheating. Okay, Gary. No cheating, right? Now, Gary's the only one that can't open his eyes because he can't see everybody else. Okay. You can cheat if you want. I don't care. How many of you, if given your druthers, would prefer to sing newer songs? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you would prefer to sing older hymns? Raise your hand. Okay. So we're split. You know, there's, it's about 50-50 down the way. Here is a better way to look at that, I think. We may have our preferences, but what's most important is singing great songs that bring us into the presence of God, that share deep spiritual truths. There's tons of those, aren't there? Whether they're old or new, I think about. I think of it as a new song because we started singing it when I was a kid. So it's not that new anymore. But as a deer, from the psalm, I think it's a beautiful song that follows the 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 heart of that psalm of Korah of as a deer pants. So I want to be one that really pants for and wants that relationship with God. That's deep. You know, that changes my heart when I sing that. It influences me. I think about songs that are even newer than that, Oceans. I listened to that one this morning as uh, I, I put it on, on um, YouTube. You just search for Praise and Harmony, and there's hundreds of songs that will come up that will just play one after the other, and you can just listen, and you can sing along as gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. Praise and Harmony, YouTube, search Praise and Harmony, boom, there you go. And you can just listen and, uh, and sing along. And I was listening to that this morning, and that's a song that's fairly new, and we've sung it here among us. It talks about the creation, how God works through creation. It's beautiful. It's powerful, and there's a lot to it. And I think about... Uh, a song that's probably the oldest song in our songbook, A Mighty Fortress. A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Martin Luther wrote that song more than 500 years ago. Think about that. That has been sung in cathedrals across Europe and across the world for uh, more than twice the time that our nation has even been a country. That song's been around a long time, and it's powerful. A Mighty Fortress is Our God. The, the language is awkward for us, 
But it's powerful. It's a great song. It's got uh, songs that, it, it's, its words take us into the presence of God. There's lots of them that we can share uh, that, are, that are powerful that way. Um, there's a quote that I came across this week of a, a scholar that he said, and I appreciate this, Show me a church's worship songs and I will show you their theology. In other words, what we sing, we tend to believe. And I thought, oh, that's powerful. That makes me think. That's a, that, that speaks to the importance of our, of our songs and the importance of us singing as we are sacrificing something beautiful and great to God. Now, let me share something else. Is There is a long history of, of singing in our world. Whether it be, have you ever gone to a stadium and uh, sing a fight song for a team that you were watching? You know, that has been more popular in the past, but it's still, it's still pretty popular. There is, uh, how many of you have been in the military? Hey, do you sing songs when you're at boot camp or training? Yeah, marching songs, because you sing, you sing together, and that builds camaraderie, right? You do that. It's amazing how I've read stories about during the Civil War, at night, the Confederate soldiers and the, the Union armies were sometimes within hearing distance of each other and would sing hymns to each other at night, back and forth. Powerful stuff. The, uh, I read a, a book about the American Revolution here a while back, and the, um, the Hessens, they, they were some, the mercenaries that the British hired to try to subdue the, us, you know, the Americans. The Hessians, when they would land, they would sing hymns together on their boats as they were landing to go into battle. And it got me thinking, how often do, do we just sing, break out in song as a community in our world? And I think it happens a lot less, and here's my theory why. Because our world, we live in a place, in a context, where everything is so entertainment-oriented, where years ago, a person may hear or go to a concert and hear someone sing with a beautiful God-given voice that was amazing and think, wow, I could never do something like that, and then not hear a voice like that for years afterwards. How long does it take us to hear someone with an amazing, beautiful, God-given voice performing? Any one of you can pull out your smartphone, type in a name on YouTube, and you can hear that right now. And I wonder if it hasn't done something to us to think, wow, boy, when I sing in the shower, I don't sound anything like that. And I tried to record myself, and I sound even worse than I think I did. You know, we all sound worse than we but think. Well, we, I don't know. Some of us sound better than we think we do. It's all over the map. But maybe we've become so used to hearing performances that we know we can't match up to that. We know we can't sound like that. And so it makes us a little gun-shy to say, well, maybe I shouldn't sing very loud. Maybe I shouldn't do that because, ooh, that's just not, don't sound great. And we're missing something very important. Because what God shares with us says, sing. This great stuff comes from that. Hey, all of us have a responsibility. Our song leaders, um, really thankful for you guys that uh, submitted to serve as song leaders because you guys... I appreciate so much what you do um, because as God has called you to prepare and to pray over what you share with us, as you're helping bring us into the, the community of God, 
And uh, the songs that you choose and uh, the, the prayerful preparation, it's just such a blessing to all of us. Thank you so much. And for us, we have a responsibility as well, the rest of us that are not song leaders. Raise your hand if you're not someone who is leading songs. Okay? Yeah, that's yeah, a ton of us. Okay? Here's the deal. Okay, Fred is going to, after I finish here, we're going to just go into uh, times of reflection and singing until, uh, until we uh, finish up with the Lord's Supper. And, uh, and my guess is, is that Fred's going to get up here and mess up at some point, right? Fred is, Fred is not going to be, uh, we're not going to record him and put him on YouTube and get lots and lots of clicks at just this amazing, wonderful performance. It doesn't work that way, does it? No. But we have a responsibility as people to participate. Because this isn't a performance here. This is all of us singing together and sending up an offering to God into his throne room. And what type of offering do we want to send? Do we want to send one like Cain that we offer something of ourselves, Or do we want to send something that like Abel where we send the best of ourselves? And so reasons for seeing what we see in Scripture is it strengthens our relationship with God, it strengthens our own souls, and it strengthens our community. And I want us to think back just for a minute on these birds. See the birds there at the bottom? Think about that when we talk about singing to the Lord. When those birds sing on my, right out, on, out of my back window, they sit on some of the sunflower uh, that are there, and there's some other plants and bushes that are back there. And they sit around, and they sing, and they chirp, and they eat, and they just have a ball. And I think, man... Maybe God is trying to teach us something from the animal kingdom there. Something that's amazing, something that's beautiful. Chirp, 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 chirp. When we sing together, this offering to God can be something that fills our souls and uh, touches our hearts and changes us. And for us, um, as we start into the the songs of God here, we, uh, uh, we may... Uh, not sound like birds. We might, uh, well, some of us might, you know, I don't know. Some of us have been uh, uh, gifted with uh, amazing voices, and some of us just make a joyful noise of the Lord. You know, whatever, wherever, whatever our situation is, every one of us has this responsibility to say, I'm going to sing, I'm going to bring my best as an offering, as this community is giving to God. And maybe it's helpful for us to think about this as well. If the prayers of God go into the throne room of God as incense, maybe it helps us as we sing together to just close our eyes a bit and think, what is going into the presence of God here when we sing? And maybe we can look around us with our our spiritual eyes and maybe we can see angels in the corner. Maybe we can see the presence of God among us and we think, what I'm giving here is my best. What I'm giving here is is I'm excited about what God has done and I have something to share. And this is something that we send up to God together. Something I've been thinking about, something I've been pondering about for a while. That's why we talked about it today. Is that we have a rich heritage in in our communities of singing with heart. And again, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here because we are the choir. All of us are, right? And we are a community that, that sings to God. And so let's always remember that, that um, 
the, the singing that we offer is a, is a wonderful sacrifice to God. Fred, come on down. He's going to uh, lead us in some songs, and uh, we have the responsibility to, uh, to sing and to give our best to God during this time. No pressure on you, Fred. This is all, all of us, buddy, all right? There we go. Thanks. We, uh, we'll have an opportunity. Let's go ahead and stand and sing together. If you'd like to become a Christian, you're welcome to head to the back. And if you'd like prayers, you're welcome to head to the back as well.